Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast, the last episode of June, and uh, Nerd Bomber Tactic, happy halfway to Christmas. Is We're halfway to Christmas. Time? No, no. Why would you do that? Why would I do what? Say it's halfway like, to Christmas? Like Christmas is exciting, but that's also like, great, after December is cold for no reason, well, for a reason, but for many, many days, and I just, I feel like we barely got into summer. I'm on, I was about to say I'm Nerd Bomber. I am not Nerd Bomber. I'm Legal 86. Would you I'm like to with, be? No, I'm good. You, you, <laughs> you earned it. I'm here with Nerd Bomber and the, the Grinch over there, am I right? Tactic himself. I want to commemorate the summer solstice, which do you call it the summer solstice or the vernal equinox? I just call it the longest day of the year. Yeah. Everyone, darkness lies ahead. At least if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, I guess I'm, I'm assuming things. But um, we had the longest day and it's like one of those things I, if I didn't like see a tweet about it, I wouldn't have really even noticed it or thought about it. But now that I saw a tweet about it or like, I don't know where I read it or like heard it on the news or something. Now I'm thinking about it every day and I'm like, oh yeah, the sun definitely went down a little bit earlier today when it's probably like imperceptible, but I'm like talking myself into it. So it's, it's not good. It's don't, not don't read so the news, bad kids. until you have to deal with daylight savings time. It's you couple the less daylight with falling back. Jeez Louise. Yeah, but falling back is great because we get the hour. We get the hour back. I'm not. I'm never going to complain about that. I know yeah, a lot of people are like daylight day. savings is bad. It's just I know, one but day. it's still nice. It's not though. It's like when you find change between the sofa cushions. Yeah, it's but like, it's like you found change between the sofa cushions, but then you lose that amount of change every other day for the next. And six you months. guarantee that when you get when you clock out of the, at your day job, that guess what? It's dark when you get home, and it's dark when you leave. <laughs> it's also there's like and there's like we're getting into the weeds now there's like a whole like i don't want to say mythology but like if you like look into like why daylight savings happens or like maybe some of it's like conspiracy theories i don't know what i'm spouting off here but like i think at one point they did it so like if it stayed lighter for longer at certain times of the year more people would go out and buy things like it's like capitalism or something i swear i'll have to look this up on my own time because i don't have the facts in front of me the change between the sofa cushions analogy was admittedly not very good because you know what i would do if i found change between the sofa cushions Put it in a piggy bank and not spend yeah, it. Yeah, throw it Nothing. in your Deadpool bank. I can't buy anything. It's not the 50s. Like, I can't, like, go to the soda fountain with my newfound quarter and, like, buy a round for the gang, you know? It's just, oh, great. Maybe one day I'll find this in my pocket and I'll be able to pay for, like, 10 minutes on a party. You know what you there. could do, though? You save all of those coins. Then you Google, what are rare, valuable coins? And then you sort through oh, all your coins and trying to find the rare ones. And then you take those Dude, rare ones, flip it for a profit on the Ebays. Yeah, but I have—I already have a job. That sounds like a full-time job. Or you could sell it on Marketplace, maybe. Oh, 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 on Facebook? So this week, we have another... I feel like we just talked about Nintendo Direct. Wasn't there a Nintendo Direct like three weeks ago? We're doing it again. We're back. And uh, I got a lot to say about this Nintendo Direct. Watched the whole thing. It was a solid 43 minutes. I, you know, snuggled up on the couch. And uh, I, got, I got a lot of thoughts. We're also going to be talking about Dumb Money, which, no, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about a trailer for a movie that I'm very excited about. So. We lived that. We did live it. Some more than others. And and we're going to get into that and, and, and into the realism of it, of course. But, of course, we're going to be leading off with Nintendo Direct because there was quite a bit here. I mean, there, there's... I want to get kind of some overthoughts from you guys. I will say that coming off of the, what I will call the Starfield Direct, because that's what it felt like, this felt comparatively not that great. But it's also kind of like comparing apples to oranges <laughs> yeah, in I mean, a lot of ways. When you think about it, Xbox only does one, I don't want to call it Direct, what did they call it? Was it like Xbox Showcase or something like that? Yeah. They it, only do one like a year maybe. It had been a while. And so when you compare that to Nintendo dropping one, it feels like every few months. I think the yeah. caliber of announcements is going to be different. That said, for Nintendo, and I don't mean that disparagingly, but like you're not going to get a Starfield level game out of Nintendo for the most part. And for Nintendo, I thought this had a lot of decent games in it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to undersell. I mean, there was a lot here. We're going to go through a lot of it. I just, I think it really, watching a direct like this, and I'm, I am a Switch owner, so like I have vested interest in this, but like watching it definitely just highlighted the fact that I am, as gamers go, I think very, very story driven and story focused and I want a narrative and... When you look at the slate of games here, that's just, it's, and for a while now, I think it's clearly just not Nintendo's focus. And they've carved out their sector of the gaming world, and it ain't that. Like, it, it, does that seem like, like, of all the games that we saw, I feel like the one with the most story was like the Arkham trilogy coming out 
um, which like doesn't even really count. But that was like one of the things that excited me the most, which again, not knocking Nintendo necessarily. I just felt like this had a lot more content for people who want to, I don't want to say absentmindedly game because that also sounds mean, but like people who wanted us to like show up for an hour a day, push some buttons and and have a good time. And like, there's so many games from from Nintendo that I can think of that like fill that void perfectly. Like Animal Crossing being one of their most recent successes. There are other games they have that have heavy stories. Like you know, the lore of Zelda is obviously huge, but there was a lot of Mario content here. And I don't know that I think of story when I think of Mario. Which again, I, I don't know if, if you guys disagree. Just feel free to yell at me. But Tactic, what do you think was the biggest announcement here? I mean, you can kind of you can kind of metagame this by looking at the layout of the direct itself and when certain announcements came. But overall what do you think had the most impact so overall the one that i think was most impactful and it's mainly because of the pokemon community and and how big of a following it is and i'm gonna probably take this this thunder from nerd bomber that's gonna be detective pikachu man that one is probably the coolest ip that not only can pokemon fans get excited about but really anyone looking for like a comedy take on on pokemon dude the number of times that he was talking about coffee i was like detective pikachu is my homeboy me and him will have a lot to talk about the voice is hilarious so let me just oh, yeah, he's by a saying, very like deep voice i didn't know about this my exposure to detective pikachu again because i'm not a pokemon person is the movie so like the movie was based on something though it's well i'm learning that now i literally did not know that i just figured okay they just like kind of pulled something out of nowhere with existing ip but this was this has already been how many game how many tech to pikachu games have, been, have there been just the one and now there's a second one yeah there was just the one i, think, I think they remade the it at comic. one point yeah and i think they might have done a comic as well okay yeah I, I agree it was you know it came it's interesting because it was kind of wedged in the middle of the direct i don't think it had a whole lot of airtime, but i do think it hit at a time where i was like okay i'm starting to see a lot of the same thing something's got to kind of really reel back in here and and be interesting and different and it, it did accomplish that and again the, the voice was very funny i certainly like the idea of it kind of taking characters in that universe and playing with it in a way that you wouldn't expect i wish they took more time and care and i and i know they did why they did it it's probably because they just did one animated sequence and then whatever voices are playing then that's the voice they're playing but like the mouth movement was the only thing that did bother me but i'm sure that'll get like i don't know brushed up leveled out whatever you want to call it as they get closer to that october release date yeah and there's and also there's quite a bit of quite a few of the games in here i think you could you could say that about i did not let that get to me personally but also my you know my level of investment was, was a little bit lower sticking with pokemon the, the kind of lead-off hitter for this direct was some dlc for scarlet and violet which again i'm on i'm sitting on the sidelines of this because i'm not a pokemon fan but you know i love scarlet and violet and yeah as someone who played it extensively rolled credits finished it my problem and i think this is just dlc in general and we talked about this as tactic and i were watching this too instead of using resources to make dlc for a game six months to a year after it comes out i'm never going back to it just make a new one give me a sequel set it somewhere else especially because scarlet and violet was so unique compared to every other pokemon game before it like dedicate those resources to the next open world pokemon game give me that no dlc please i half agree with you yes give I, us yeah. another pokemon game however the purpose of dlc is to keep people playing their existing games the way you're going to do that is to throw out D dlc but don't make us have to pay for it just say hey we really want you to keep playing this game here's new dlc coming that you that you're going to have access to do by this date the fact that it, you have to pay for it i'm out but that's always been my problem with dlc like i'm someone i finish a game i don't care how good that dlc is i'm not going back to it the only time I've broken that rule was Mass Effect 3. That was it. I think there are... I'm going to push back a little bit. And like, I, I think in this specific case, I think you're exactly right. But I think there are cases in which the kind of rolling DLC... And taking another example from this Direct, which I know from firsthand experience is super, super effective, is the Mario Kart Course Pass. Okay, but that's because, a little bit different. That's not adding new like story it, content. That's just adding new racetracks. And characters. Like, for a racing game... 
I don't need to buy a full new installment if I just need some new tracks to freshen it up. Like that makes more sense to me than a more story driven game, which Scarlet and Violet were story driven games. I don't think either makes sense to to pay. I mean, Nintendo notoriously refuses to reduce their prices anywhere. So if I'm playing full price, no matter how old that game is, I'm not putting more money into the game. I think in the Mario Kart case, you're wrong. And I I get your point that as DLCs go, they're very different, but they are both DLC. And I I think in the case of Mario Kart, it's, it's very, very effective. In the case of Pokemon, I, I, again, I don't have a horse in this race, but I'm sure you're right. You have to wonder to what extent. I mean, I even wonder sometimes, like, again, speaking from recent experience, like as I'm playing the Metroid Prime Remaster, I, I finished it. But as I was playing it, I did kind of pause a couple times and think to myself, what devs did they rip away from Metroid Prime 4 and delay it further to like make this and appease me? You know, like it's it's if I had to choose one or the other, I would choose Metroid Prime 4 every single time. So it is an interesting, interesting point. We also, I, I want to st- stick with Pokemon for a second. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start jumping around here because this came much later in the show. But I want someone to try to explain to me that game that looked like Pokemon, but wasn't Pokemon. And I cannot think of the name of it now. It's a Square Enix game. Dragon Quest Monsters. They were talking a lot about monsters and it really looked like Pokemon, just like not Pokemon. Yes, you're right. Dragon Quest Monsters. Uh, it, was, it was Pokemon. Like, was that not Pokemon? It was like capture monsters, make them fight for you, and they literally showed like things that looked like Pokemon Stadium. I was I was like kind of confused. I was like, is this different IP? I guess does it feel like copyright infringement? Uh, also, also yes. <laughs> Dragon Quest has been around for quite a while, but the monsters spinoff that's that's a a new mechanic. And yeah, I said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, they were really kind of like, even like the two guys in between segments were like, monster this and monster that. And I was like, and I was like, it's Pokemon. Like, call it, call it what it is. If you, and if you're going to do that, just find a way to give us another Pokemon game. And if you're going to give us a Pokemon game, do what the that other game is doing, where it's Pokemon with machine guns. Now we're talking. That's right. I for, what was that game called? I forgot about that one. Was it but Pale that World cool or too. something like that? Yeah, I think it was right. Pale World. I think I think you nailed it. We we can start jumping around here. I mean, wh- were there other things that you... I mean, there's a couple things I don't think, like, none of us are Splatoon players. So, like, I could sit here and talk about Splatoon 3 Splatfest, but it probably wouldn't be very interesting for the listeners. <laughs> like, I mean, I know... I don't know anything about it, so... Both of you guys like short little party style games so there were two that i knew and one especially that i figured illegal would be very much in on but there's warioware move it i believe it was yeah i'm in on i'm in on that i'm all in and headbangers rhythm royale which is the pigeon sort of like music based mini game game and those two i mean i only so this is a fun story and i don't know if we've told this on the podcast yet we've definitely talked about it with people off the podcast yeah i know what story you're gonna tell there is a rabbits party game for the switch and we bought it on a whim and when illegal and his wife came over to our house illegal was very good at the uh shall we say you can masturbate like the best of us oh okay just there's a game for it okay it's the game is called what the heck is the game called it's not it's, it's called not Kingdom Battle. It's called Dutch Rudder. No, no, no. The game, the game, Rabbit's Party of Legends is what the game yeah. is called. And there's this game, this mini game. It's all like mini games, like Mario Party. And there's one where you have you're a little rabbit thing, and you have to pull a large stump out of the ground, and you have to be the one to do it the fastest. And the way you do it is you take one of the Joy Cons and you you like put your arm down, you click down on the controller, and you pull it up, and then you release the trigger, put it down, trigger, pull up again, and it becomes this rapid motion that yeah. yeah it looks like a certain thing. I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize for being good at it. I well, was good at it. It was the it was the much. wrist action for me. There was a, like it was a, a, like a twisty. I like mini games. Ever since Mario Party One, I've taken them very very seriously. So yeah, I I would actually say less. I was less so into the headbangers thing. It looks cute. I'm a, and I'm a Team Seventeen guy, so I was into that. What I need to know about the headbangers is is that massive multiplayer online kind of like what's the, what's that that game where the game where you're it's not human fall flat no but it's called like fall down or something fall guys fall guys fall guys is that akin to fall guys or is that more akin to like couch co-op with your friends and online i that's what i need to know if it's just online solo in your home but like online online then i'm out if it's couch co-op allowable, I'm in. There were actually, there were a few yeah. games that I was watching this entire Nintendo Direct and I was like, I just want to know, is it couch co-op? Please tell me, is this couch co-op? 
And another one of those was Manic Mechanics. And I think it is Couch Co-op. It's got to be. And that's another one I wanted to mention because I think that one looks... It, it looks like Overcooked, which I'm a fan of, yep. but with like cars. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. It's got to be Couch Co-op. I, I can't, can't imagine it not being Couch Co-op. See, when you said that you were just kind of like lukewarm on this entire thing, I was like, there were a few games... As soon as I saw them, I was like, Illegal is all in on these. And you don't have to be in on all of these. But like, I knew Manic Mechanics and the WarioWare game, you would definitely be in on. Yeah, WarioWare, you know, it's an interesting case because like, I I haven't bought a WarioWare game since the original WarioWare. But I love the idea. I think it's great. I want to be back in on that in, in that space. Like, I think I'm much more likely to buy Manic Mechanics because that game is much less likely to be $60. Like, WarioWare is going to come out and it's going to be $60. I'm going to be like, I don't know if I want to pay that much for WarioWare. And then I'll wind up never buying it. Because, you know, WarioWare, again, I'm talking about being a very story-driven gamer. WarioWare is by design micro games, what they call it. So I'm not going to get that. So I don't know if I can justify paying a high price for it. I wonder it if it kind of fits into a weird spot. Like, every now and then Nintendo will release a game that's at like that $39.99 price point and I wonder if that will be one of them and I probably could just google it right now and see if there's like a pre-order price for it but I feel like you can't charge full price for that it feels triple a and, and it has it has triple a characters even if it's just Wario where I feel like I've or even if it's just Wario himself like I feel like it's I feel like that's it's fitting in their $60 frame which I I, I hate another one that had couch co-op that I and again we're really dancing around here but they showed like three to five five seconds of sonic unleashed sonic unleashed or sonic superstars superstars they showed like five seconds of four-player co-op and the five seconds they showed i was like i don't know how fun that would be <laughs> like it looked very crowded did you guys have that like they showed like all four players running around in a 2d side scroller environment and i was like this looks like chaos we've we've mentioned this game before and one of the big ass was how would what would happen if one player got like left behind? How would that be managed? Does it does it go from one screen to then a split screen and the other guy's got to catch up? It really is imperative that they execute this properly for it to be successful. Or yes, you're going to have this either one person can't go forward or really the second player is sort of a background character that just gets teleported through it and they're not really playing. Yeah, so there's two ways that I've seen this happen in other games. So like obviously there's the original Sonic 2 and that's teleportation case that Tactic was talking about where Tails is technically on screen but as soon as Sonic goes faster than he does you just get teleported so you don't really have a whole lot of controller say and then the second way is like TT games like the Lego games it morphs between single screen and split screen depending on how far away the two players are from each other and if they implement something like that in a tactful manner that could be cool that's the right way to that's the only way to do it i just yeah i i definitely have questions about it and the same could be said for what what appeared to be the same exact mechanic in super mario bros wonder where there was once and and they didn't they showed it for like a hot second four characters all playing the same level and then they didn't mention it but the main thing that lets me know that those were individual characters is when they jumped on the flag each one had like an an icon that they landed on the flag so that has to be not just like ai or computer going with you through the level like i guess you're collecting teammates that has to be individual people playing i mean who knows though i thought though the game overall looked pretty cool i like a good mario side scroller i actually think i like them a little bit better than like the 3d mario because i gotta be honest i don't know if it's just me i play a lot of 3d platformers but the last time i played a 3d mario platformer game i got really frustrated with the perspective and not being able to make jumps because i thought i was going in the right direction or i thought i should make the jump and then the perspective just like messed me up and i was completely off and just fell off the map so like i'm yeah i'm good with a 2d resurrection of a new Super Mario game. I guess it's not a resurrection because they haven't gone away, but... My experience with Mario 3D... Whatever is it? Mario, called Mario... Super Mario 3D All-Stars, whatever the, mm-hmm. the three the three games together is. Played 64, loved it, 100%ed it. I was so happy. Started playing Sunshine. It's the hardest game in the world. And I think, like, partly for the reason that you're saying is, like, you'll be, like, in one of the... So Super Mario Sunshine has those, like... You, like, fall down a tube and you go to, like, this black void that has, like, squares that you need to jump across voids to, like, get to the end and get a star. Or, sorry, a shine sprite, or whatever they call it in, in Super Mario. 
Mario Sunshine. And my God, my blood pressure was just through the roof when I was playing those things to the point that I eventually had to stop. I was like, this is, I'm not having fun. And I so I hear you is, on that. It's a uniquely Mario thing for me, or at least Nintendo, because... I've played games like Sackboy's Big Adventure, and I had no problem with that. And there were just as many like perspective shifts in that game, and I had no problem dealing with the 3D platforming there. So like, I don't know what it is with me and Mario, but we have beef in 3D, but in 2D, I'm here. I just, I, I, I didn't, you know, again, that being, and not to like meta discuss this direct, but like that being the last thing announced, I was like underwhelmed. I was like, okay, another th- another 2D Mario game. Like, you've done 100 of these. I mean, I feel like it was a pretty big deal, though. When is the last time they've done a new one and not just one that is like a reboot or refresh of one? I imagine the answer to that question is actually probably pretty recently. I just, I can't, I'm not qualified to answer because I don't buy them and play them. But I think you would find that it's more recent than, than you think. I want to like, and we've skipped over almost all of them and almost all of them caught my eye. Three masters that were featured here. There were a lot of remasters. There are a lot of remasters. I, I'm i like, dep- again, depending on the price point, Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon, like, Yo, yes. I will buy that. Like, I will definitely, I never played it. I miss that because it was a DS title. And I love Luigi's Mansion. I love the first one. I love the third one. I would definitely go in on that. I'm like, again, depending on what the price point is, the Arkham Trilogy, that's a lot of game. And I haven't played them in a while. And I bet the form factor on the Switch would be pretty good. So that was another one that I was like, this is not new or exciting, but it's exciting to me because I just, I love those games. I'm loving remasters right now. Super so, Mario RPG was also one that I was pretty excited for. I haven't played that before. And Tactic was just like, meh. Yeah. And this was another one I was like, is this co-op? Because there's multiple players here. But it's that old school, like turn-based RPG. And honestly, I used to have a ton of fun with those on my Game Gear and Why Game Boy. Why aren't you playing Final Fantasy? Start from square one. Because that's just so much. Like, it's not because I don't want to play the franchise. It's because the franchise is so big, it's daunting. Like, I'm sorry. You're in the teens in your franchise. Fat luck getting me involved. Like, no thank you. But that's and another segue here. Like, for a long time now... I have wanted to understand like just what Metal Gear Solid even is. And I got to give them credit. They're giving me an on-ramp. I don't know that I'm going to take it, but I was like watching that. And I was like, this could be a lot of fun. Again, depending on what the price point is, getting that collection. And like it has a, for people who are fans of that too, there's a lot of extras involved. So I thought that looked kind of cool. I mean, obviously you're, you know what you're signing up for there. You're signing up for like really derpy graphics, but probably solid and timeless gameplay from everything I've heard about, about the Metal Gear Solid franchise. So, and the, obviously the volume one implies a volume two and however many more volumes they will need. I don't actually know how many Metal Gear Solid games there are, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot. So I think we're living in an age of remasters and I'm, I'm for, for it. it. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know which of those i'm necessarily going to buy but i certainly love the idea of them so there is a a very big game that we didn't see a lot of but that we've neglected to mention so far a princess peach, peach, game. peach game yeah yeah do you guys think so what we saw of it i was just like mm, they made her look kind of lame but then they had they like alluded to her transforming and i'm like are they gonna make her like a badass warrior chick like what is the play here they already made her a badass with bowsette i i don't I, it didn't look that interesting to me <laughs> So I don't well, want to be a party like, pooper, but they, they didn't looked, make her look very good. Like it looked said. lame. So, but like there, it seems like they're going to drop some surprise. And now I'm like, okay, well you lost me with the gameplay look that you showed me so far, but like you left me with a, what is going to happen now? And now I want to know more. Cause I'm like, what if they give her like armor and a sword or some The thing badassery? that I struggle with is I agree with you that that would be badass. However, all of the lead up that we saw was they made it take place in like on stage. So it just seems like it would just be this thing that's she's like, like theatrics, almost like do you guys remember the Paper Mario games where they're like, never it's pl- all never played. I've never played them. It's all like in a book. So it's just like it's this scene. So like, yeah, she could be a badass, but the scene would always be kind of the same thing where it's on stage and they're just going through different acts. So it's not like real badass. It's just theatrics, which that kind of that would bum me out. I, it is kind of interesting to think about how long Princess Peach has been a quote unquote triple A Nintendo character and not had her own game of basically any kind. It does seem like she her, she's going to have like magic powers of some kind. I thought she did like. have. I thought one of the Yoshi's Island you could play as her and she was like a star character. Well, but the game was called Yoshi's Island. Like I, I that's it's not a Princess Peach game I mean, if you want to get like semantic about it. I just I, I think they're finally like headlining her and um yeah it's it, it's certainly interesting yeah i mean a lot more here i i do want to mention gloomhaven because i talked about board game ports on this show before this one doesn't 
necessarily like my cup of tea, but I may give it a try again, depending on like a lot of these, it depends on how much they cost. And I've said that like three, three or four times, but this one, like I'm not paying like $40 for this, but I might pay $25 for it. You know, like it, I don't it really think just it's super it depends expensive. on stuff like that. I do have Gloomhaven on, I think Steam and it was like a free giveaway a while back. So I don't think it's a super yeah. expensive game, but I do know it's a very intensive it's very game. I know, like, we have a friend who's very into board games as well and bought Gloomhaven. And I don't know if you've seen the physical game, but it is I have. basic. It's enormous. It, yeah, it's giant. It was like a freaking box of bricks. And he yeah, said it's, it was a obscene. very lengthy game and we just have never played it because it's a dedication. It really is. I have a friend. It's exactly the same story. I've seen the box. It's very imposing. He's more into board games than I am. I'm like a step above casual, but I'm still like kind of casual when I board game and he's he's not that. So it, it's, I guess what I, I I'm not sure I'm going to buy it, but I love the visibility for board game ports as like an, a switch vehicle specifically because it seems like there's a fair amount of them prop- cropping up on the switch and i'm very much for that so again i wanted to make mention of that also worth noting we haven't mentioned like any release dates some of them we don't exactly know a lot of them i just haven't said so i guess i don't know what i'm maybe you look it up is what i guess i'm gonna land on there is an important one that we haven't mentioned yet that is coming to switch on july 21st and that's pikmin 4 and we'll also have access to all of the previous Pikmin's Nintendo eStore. So if you wanted to not only get in on the Pikmin ride, you can check out those games or you can just go right into Pikmin 4 and you get introduced to even a new Pikmin, a glow Pikmin, which, by the way, Illegal, I think you would like Pikmin. I, I feel like you haven't played it. I don't think it. I would. It's a puzzle I don't think game. I would. It's all puzzle. And it's like time management and resource management. I do enough. I, I, re, I manage my time and my resources every single day. Why do I need to do more of it? Because you don't have cute Pikmin right now. I don't know. I guess I'm open to it, but I'm certainly not. Again, the, the, the entry point is important here. I'm not going to pay $60 for Pikmin 4. It's just not going to happen. The demo comes out on June 28th. Maybe I'll try the demo. Maybe that's what their angle is. But yeah, that's you're, you're, you're right in saying that's certainly a big deal. So I didn't want to gloss over that. We'll go kind of go around for like last mentions here. The last one I want to mention, and Nerd Bomber, I think you might have played this. I think you might have talked about it. And I seeing it, I was like kind of interested again, depending on the price point. Vampire Survivors. Oh yeah, dude, this is great. I thought looked I thought it looked pretty great. I love the idea of a game that you when you pick it up, it's like, all right. 30 minutes. That is, by definition, the amount of time I will be playing it. And honestly, concept. your first probably handful of runs, even less than that. Until you get your strategy down and with each yeah. character, your runs are going to be small. It takes a while until you actually, like, quote unquote, beat a round and hit 30 minutes. It's so good. Yeah, I'm interested in that. It is. A, I, I know you're not a big showcase. app gamer, but it is a free on your phone. Or it was, at least. They might be charging for it now. But it is on your phone for a very low price. If I start a 30, potentially 30-minute 30 game on the toilet, my legs are going to fall asleep. <laughs> That's what my, that's what my issue is. Fair point. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm, I'm at least vaguely interested. But uh, yeah, any others you guys want to mention before we kind of kind of move into our break here? There's Again, there's a fair handful we didn't get into, but I think we covered a lot of the high points. The only other one that really stood out to me was Myth Force. And this one is a first person kind of melee roguelike game that's supposed to be based on or at least inspired by Saturday morning cartoons. And I don't know, this just seemed fun. And it looked like you could do some co-op stuff, co-op action. And it was very like mythical, mystical. I don't know. I like this kind of thing. I like the art style. It just seemed like fun, funny, big fan of that kind of roguelike or roguelite roguelike nice okay I, I know we need to get that clarification because we talked about that like 16 separate times on the show tactic any other mentions or are we going to the break nope i'm just trying to sell you on pikmin keep you're gonna, you're gonna have to keep working on that let us know what we missed or what you wanted to talk more about or what we got wrong at online warriors one is our main show account on twitter we have at ow lady six that's me at ow tactic and of course at ow nerd bomber hits up there let's have a conversation and uh you can also go over to patreon and uh consider subscribing to us there and have a conversation with us and with our patreon producer mr stephen keller stephen thank you again for all that you are doing for the show stephen is a producer on our show he is a night level subscriber on our patreon as a result he gets this weekly producer shout out he gets input into the weekly game segment which we will be playing later i believe nerd bomber is hosting he also of course gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog if you're not quite as noble as stephen if you are not a knight there is also a squire level of support which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level which gets you access 
to the monthly secret segment. So consider heading over there, considering the ways you can give back to the show. If you subscribe at the night level, you also get the occasional guest spot on the show. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So again, that's patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Head over to there. Head over there. Talk to us. Talk to Steven. And uh, consider helping us keep the mics on. We're going to take a short break now and come back to talk about dumb money. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle? The towering 93%. Overwrought awards bait. Righteous kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. All right. It has been, I think it's been a while since we have talked about a movie on the show that I have it bought fully into and signed up for. Um, hey, I'm going to go see this in theaters. I'm going to go see Dumb Money in theaters. This is this is a very me movie. So Dumb Money, we watched the trailer for this. Uh, we got the trailer for this this past weekend. This is about the GameStop short squeeze that happened in January of 2021. Come on, you guys remember. It was like during the pandemic and some Bro. folks on folks on reddit tried to squeeze out hedge fund managers and it was wild i some lived of us it. were involved in that yeah i was not but some of us were to be clear and i have to make this very it. clear tactic unintentionally lived this he had purchased gamestop stonks way before this microsoft, was even a thing based on microsoft saying that they're gonna help guide gamestop in as a strategic partnership I invested $100 in GameStop shares at $10 a share. And then all of a sudden, boom, one day, it's up at $60 a share. I talked, I could talk to my podcast pals and they said, you got to sell, man. This is unheard of. So I sold, I made a quick $500 net profit. And then the next day it was, it was at four, $400 a share. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I know we told you to do the wrong thing, but I can't remember the context. So thank you for refreshing my memory on that. So this movie is based on a book called The Antisocial Network by Ben Meserich. If you don't know who Ben Meserich is, he's written a, co- a couple of other books that have essentially been made into movies. One of them, Bringing Down the House, the inside story of six MIT students who took Vegas for millions, was made into the movie 21, uh, which was pretty good. But again, nonfiction writer. This looks like the big short to me, both in terms of subject matter and in terms of someone somewhere decided we're just going to throw a bunch of famous people at this. And uh, look, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. I think in this case, it's going to work because of the people that they have. I think Paul Dano is like super, super talented. He's he's playing the lead in this movie. We also have uh, Seth Rogen hanging around, Shailene Woodley, who's kind of been off the grid for a while, but she's here. Pete Davidson, Nick Offerman. America Ferreira. America Ferreira, kind of, again, kind of back from, I'm not sure where she's been. She's done a bunch of stuff lately. She was in Superstore for, I think, up until last year, maybe? Can't say I watched Superstore, but that's, that's, that's a fair rebuttal. Anthony Ramos, who is, again, kind of an up-and-coming dude. So again, a lot of famous people. And yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I love the vibe of this. I am kind of curious. It looks like it's trying to be the big short, but it doesn't have Adam McKay, who directed and I believe maybe helped write the script for the big short. So it looks like they're tr- kind of trying to do an impression of that. And I'm curious to see how that goes over. But I'm definitely invested. You know, I, I, I think more movies like this need to happen, if only because it cannot possibly be a franchise. It is a one-off story. And we need more of those these days. And you know what everyone should do tomorrow? Buy a Buy bunch GameStop of GameStop shares because when this movie comes out, I can see that the internet is going, let's make it happen again. They're at $23 a share. Yeah. It's, first of all, thank you for looking that up. And second of all, it is like, I, I think that's maybe the most interesting nugget in the story. It's not, it's not necessarily the big short in the sense of like, oh, we're going to watch some guys, you know, kind of 
swim upstream in the market and make a bunch of money it's more so like how culturally how do we do things now where this one guy said buy gamestop stock and then a bunch of people did and it like caused the foundations of financial society to, to quiver like it's just it's i can't imagine being well you know someone the who guy, has a lot Keith, of buying Keith power by buying a lot of stocks inflates the stock price and so a lot of people with a little bit of buying power can do the same thing it only makes sense yeah it's just a very again very interesting premise for a movie so september 22nd 2023 sony pictures is releasing this movie are you guys going to be going to see this yeah i think this one is a definite for me for sure like you said too and as we'll talk about later we are also guilty for feeding into franchise movies but i love me a good standalone movie like i just i feel like they're making a little bit of a resurgence and I love that for us as viewers. Yeah, I, I, I want it back. I, I don't know that I agree that they're making a resurgence. I think we are probably either at or approaching the tipping point where things are going to start heading back in that direction. But I'm not sure we're quite there yet. But this is certainly a brick in the wall. Where I think it, right it now it's becoming on the heels of superhero movies. It's becoming trendy to tell these stories. I mean, not only do we have this, but we just had the the Beanie Babies bubble movie announced, and then there's there was the, the, the Nike Air movie, and then the BlackBerry movie. It's and it's, the Flame and Hot Cheetos movie, which we haven't seen yet. It's right. all of these like success stories and how they came to be. That's I think that's what's trending in Hollywood right now. Well, some of them are, but some of them are also like I feel like these these stories often tend to be and granted i didn't see the blackberry movie but it almost looked to me more like okay this is like a classic tale of like the perversion of the american dream Th those things kind of go hand in hand some of them are genuine genuine success stories yeah yes and those are interesting but i think people also want to see the grittier aspect of it and i'm sure this movie will tell part of that that part of the story as well i don't know what this guy keith gill i don't know what he's up to these days i don't know how much money he walked away with i don't know what the outcome of this was and i get that's probably on me for not knowing but i think it's going to make the movie a lot more interesting for me so again september 22nd 2023 is when this movie dumb money comes out uh I'll, we're gonna go to what are you up to wednesday and you were kind of already teasing yours nerd bomber so i'm gonna lead off with with you how did you feed the franchise frenzy all right so i feel like technic and i are gonna end up sharing we saw two big movies this weekend so we first saw across the spider-verse which i thought was absolutely incredible it was a long movie that did not feel long at all as you guys know it's a two-parter so there is like this is not a spoiler this was announced i think before the movie even came out beyond the spider-verse is going to be the final movie in the franchise i guess it's going to be a trilogy and that's not coming out until supposedly next march but realistically with all of the strikes and stuff happening probably not for a while but even with the cliffhanger which i know upset tactic i loved it i thought it was great right now and this is probably a bold statement this is probably the only superhero set of movies that i actually kind of care about like i the flash came out and even though that's my favorite superhero I have no interest in seeing that. I wanted to see this though. This was a no, like I couldn't miss this. It was incredible. Animation style was incredible. Voice acting was great. The storytelling was great. The soundtrack was great. There was nothing in this movie that I found to be bad. And that says a lot because I can normally nitpick a movie and I really didn't have much to nitpick. Okay, but Sunflower from the first one was is pretty unbeatable soundtrack wise. So I'm going to push back on that. Was the soundtrack as good? Soundtrack was great. It was great. I don't know until I've listened to the soundtrack back again. Like, I remember watching the first Into the Spider-Verse movie and like that song stuck out. And it was immediate. Like, you knew that was going to be a sensation. You knew it would be a radio hit. I don't know if there's any one of those songs that at this moment I could like give you a split second and be like that's going to be the banger of this movie i thought they were all very good though if that makes sense well and to nerd out a little bit to the uh daniel pemberton returns to do the score and i liked the score from into the spider-verse quite a bit so that 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 bodes well certainly this is a movie i've talked on the podcast before about being reticent to see it just because of all the hype around it and i still i still kind of am but i i, mean, I know that eventually i'm going to see it yeah, so. Nerd, Nerd Bomber hit, hit the nail on the head with you don't feel of how long it is at all. Like when it ended and why I was so upset that it didn't give me closure is because I thought based on where they were at in the movie, how much time felt like had passed, that we were going to get a full wrap up of, of the big bad. And it was just like, yo, here's Cliffhanger City. Enjoy the trip. But we had been sitting there. I think it's a two and a half, maybe a little bit longer movie, two and a half hour movie. And, you know, it didn't feel like that at all. And 
it was great. And Rude. you should not be that guy who's like, I'm not going to see this because of the hype. Because in this case, the hype is very much warranted. The ultimate test of how long the movie feels is going to be my wife. She has a fairly rigid rule of not watching movies over two hours. Did she like so, the first one? I don't honestly remember. Because that, that could be a that. thing. Like that might not be a good judge if she doesn't like. So there's there's different qualifications here. First of all, I think if you don't like animated movies and I know even if like there are people I know who don't like animated movies. I don't think like she has that the, stigma. The I don't, I don't so, think she's. Yeah, I don't think she suffers from that stigma because okay. there's definitely a stigma. But and then does she like superhero movies? Slash, would she be coming in with superhero movie fatigue to the point where it would completely just mar any enjoyment of this movie? Because I feel like in that case, you might need to take a beat. Well, that's kind of part of why I am. But yeah, it, it, I mean, first of all, I'm suffering from that same thing. It's a very fair question. I don't honestly know what her temperature currently is on that. I can tell you that we haven't watched one in a while. I mean, pretty much because we don't want to because we're fatigued. So uh, like I said, this it's going to be like six months down the road. We're going to watch this and it'll probably be good. You will lose something by not seeing it on a big screen. I feel like this is one of those, like it feels distinct enough from the superhero movie mania that's going on right now. Like it's its own thing. And you can tell why by watching Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse, these are self-contained movies. And I think that does a lot to help it. I think part of why I have have superhero movie fatigue is every time I go see one, it calls back to something that I haven't watched yet because now there's just too much. And because this is self-contained and it doesn't call back to anything else than its own little set of movies, it really makes it feel distinct and different. And there are callbacks in this, but it's more like they're Easter eggs. The they're not. Yeah. They're not like actually linked. If that like makes Toby, sense. for example. For the time being, you, you're going to have to just allow me to to bask in the warm glow of the flashes complete failure of like lighting the superhero movie industry on on fire and also let me let me paint an, an extra picture for you on this we saw this at a drive-in theater while it was raining so every opportunity for mother nature to dampen the experience literally and it was still amazing yeah 10 out of 10 would go see again and i think i'm more superhero fatigued than you are illegal so that should say a lot. I don't know if that's true, but in any case, your, your review has been accepted and, re and received. You said there was another movie? Yeah. So then we also saw No Hard Feelings, which is the new Jennifer Lawrence movie. And man, this is what I'm talking about. The resurgence of, you know, standalone, non-franchise sort of movies and the return of comedies in movie theaters. Man, we need more of this. I thought this was great. This was really well done. Very funny. Very heartfelt. There were obviously some stupid, like kind of raunchy scenes thrown in here and there but overall the crux of the movie was just a very heartfelt story about you know i guess finding yourself no matter how old you are and if you aren't familiar with the plot of this story jennifer lawrence's character is in her 30s and she lives on long island and basically a lot of rich people are coming in and the taxes are going up on her house so she can't afford to pay her taxes and she needs her car to pay her bills, basically, because she's an Uber driver, but her car gets towed away and she sees an ad on Craigslist. And these parents are basically offering a car to somebody who will come date their 19 year old son before he goes off to college because, you know, he's kind of a loner, stays in his room by himself, doesn't have fun, and they want her to basically open his horizons. And Obviously, you can tell where a lot of raunchy moments could come in with that sort of setup. But overall, I thought it was really, really well written. I thought it was super funny. I don't think I've laughed this hard at a movie that I've watched in probably a handful of years, maybe. Like, I had a lot of fun with this one. Technic, yeah, this is, this is this this is is more what I'm talking about. No notes. It, it was good. She's, she's absolutely spot on. It was exactly what the doctor prescribed it was just like a dumb comedy that you can just enjoy i would say it wasn't dumb though like there were dumb moments and it, as you watch the movie there is one word that i can say that once you see it you will be like wow that was a dumb moment suplex is all i need to say but i thought there was a lot of like witty one-liners that i wasn't necessarily expecting from this movie and i also think jennifer lawrence in this type of role in like a comedy role spot on Loved it. Want to see more of it. Cool. Tactic, anything to add? No. Just, like in general? Not, okay. Not to the movies. But did you have something else? Yeah. Anything else to update us on? For my What Are You Up To Wednesday? Uh, yeah. 
maybe something no, okay. utterly ridiculous. Ooh, we started watching Otter Dynasty. And if you like Game of Thrones and you like otters and you can go without a, without some boobage for a little bit, fantastic. Can you explain what it is to the, the listeners? I can't, I, I can't go without boobage for a little bit, so it's out for me, but go on. They basically, the Dis- Discovery Channel made a series about two or several otter clans competing for the best location in this like river area. And it's like, there's all this like queen and, and surviving princess drama. And it's like, whoo. It's intense. Yeah, they've basically voiced over and given like a storyline to all the otters. Yes, it's amazing. Watch it. Especially if you start drinking, watch it even more. Wow. Okay, fair enough. On my end, I really don't have a whole lot to update on. I finished the first season of The Newsroom. It's really good. I'm going to keep going. I finished the book I was reading, which is, it was called A Line to Kill. It was the second novel in the series called, I believe it's called Hawthorne Investigates, which is Anthony Horowitz writing himself into murder mysteries. He's very good at it. I will be reading more of those. But for right now, I'm going to transition to a book that I was given as a gift from some dear friends. And I can't think of the title right now, but it's about puzzles and it's going to be nonfiction. Oh, so snap. I'm going back to nonfiction for a bit. And uh, yeah, I, again, not a whole lot to update on. It's been a very busy week for me, but expect to hear more from me in the coming week about, I don't know, other stuff. Uh, also, we're still watching Silo, but our progress is slow because we're also watching ER and man, 90s television. Let me tell you, it brings it. That's my update. 90s television is the best. Go go start watching a 90s show again and you're not going to be disappointed. Even if you've already seen it, you're just going to be like, wow, I can't believe how good this was. So uh, yeah, that brings us to quiz time. And no, no, no problem. I'll turn the floor over to you. But before I do that, I'm just going to note, Tactic is six and six. Uh, I am six and eight. Nerdbomb are also six and eight. Uh, Steven, three and oh. So we're, we're sitting at a, at a very pivotal time in the quiz hierarchy. A lot of rankings could change depending on what happens here. So. All right. So this week's quiz is all about One Tree Hill. Mm. Never saw it. I want to set, <laughs> set the stage. Never seen a single episode of One Tree Hill. So this is going to be if I win. Then. Yeah, if I win, it's going to in- continue to invalidate the quiz. As long as, format, as, long as, as, as the, the question past. is how many trees are on that hill, I think I can win. <laughs> well, if as per usual, as you have alluded to, this is a numerical based quiz. So they have to get as close to the correct answer as possible without going over. Whoever is closest without busting will get a point. And it's a best of five quiz here today, folks. So whoever gets best of five will get the point and move up in the standings. Let's get into it. How many episodes were there of One Tree Hill? And is Tacta going to go first because he has the better record? Yes, sir. There was 323 episodes. That's That's too many. There's no way it was that. I'm going to say like 80. And Illegal gets his first point. There were 187 episodes over the span of nine seasons. Yeah. I thought it was in the hundreds, but I wanted to play it safe. And I did. How many actors appeared in both the pilot and the final episode? So narrowing in from 187 episodes down to two. How many actors were in both of those episodes? Does this include like extras? Probably not, right? I don't I think, think that'd so. that'd be hard. I mean, this, this, this was an ensemble drama. So between the first and last, and you got to consider turnover of characters. There's like 37. It's a lot. There was it was a pretty tight knit group in the end and in the beginning because you know they were just starting off with the pilot and then they were closing out with that same group. So I'm gonna say it was four. Holy smokes! Tactic has nailed it. There were four actors who appeared in both the pilot and the finale episode. A lot of the characters who started in the beginning of the show were no longer with the show as it progressed. Oh, see, I didn't the- I didn't understand the question. That's what it was. I thought it was like combine all of them. Which oh, no, no, no. That. I said they appeared in both the pilot and the final episodes. So sorry. I'll take, I'll take sorry the for the misunderstanding. Take- the four actors were James Lafferty, Bethany, Joy Lenz, Lee Norris, and Antoine Tanner. So it's a tie game, folks. Now we're kind of going to spin it a little bit and talk about the theme song of the show if anybody wants to sing this feel free this was a banger show's theme song was i don't want to be by gavin degraw no no takers nobody wants to sing i don't want to be anything other than what i've been trying to be lately so (laughs) i like it so what was that song's peak position on switzerland's music charts also known as schweizer hit parade whoa the Schweizer. First of all, yeah, that's that's hilarious. Did I pick Switzerland just so I could say Schweizer hip? Yes, I did. And you'd be smart to do so. Tactic. And we're going to do a reverse order. I'll make that clear here. So one will be the highest number, if that makes sense. I, I suppose it does. It topped out at number three on the Schweizers. I'm going to use my plus one and say two. I think it's either two or one. You guys both busted. It only topped to 46 on the Schweizer what? hit parade. 
Yeah, it didn't do well over in Switzerland. It was more popular in the U.S. and the U.K., but not those a big damn hit. Schwe- those damn Schweizers. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, okay, I wasted my plus one. This is not looking good for me. I mean, it's still a tie game. Don't fret. There's some questions left. All right. So infamously, Chad Michael Murray and Sophia Bush were both stars on the show. They met on the show and then subsequently got married. Approximately how long did their marriage last in days? This is a estimate based on a month total, but I figured days would give us a better odds of, you know, range there. This is is a tight 90 days, 90 day fiance situation. Yeah, 91. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Tactic beat you out here. They were together for five months or approximately 150 days, assuming 30 month days. 30 month days? Those are long days. (laughs) 30 day months. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I need to get this last one right and I don't have a plus one, so... And so I don't it. have a tiebreaker, so we might have to do some fun pause music or maybe play some Gavin DeGraw while I find a tiebreaker, if you get this right. How many people are listed on the cast on IMDb? So when you hit like the full cast section, it gives you a number. How, mu- how much is that number? show extras? There's 42 people on the cast listed officially. Dang it. I was going to say 37 again, but now I can't. It's more than that. It's it's 60, 61. You guys are both way under. It's 945 members on the cast. All tied up, okay. baby. So it's all Clearly tied up. Clearly seems to include uh, extras. Okay. I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. All right, did you get a tiebreaker yet? Because I can't keep doing this for that long. All I have to do is think of me and my peace of mind. I thought it was an I'll be somebody. No, it's Something I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. All I have to do is think of me and, and my I'll be mind. somebody. No, I don't think so, man. All right. We're doing a live. Hang on. We have to do a live okay. lyric reading now. I don't want to be sung by Gavin DeGraw. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. All I have to do is think of me and I have peace of mind. So basically I was right. Doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't count as a question though. It's just, that's just uh, me knowing lyrics. Okay. Text in question tiebreaker. Yes, it is. Okay. According to IMDb, the holy grail of data, apparently. How many yes, nominations has One Tree Hill received? Award nominations, whether it's actors. For like all awards? Yes. Like Emmys? Like Jupiter Teen Choice Awards, awards as even included here, the A. ASCAP, Film and Television Music Awards, PRISM Award, Image Award, NAACP Awards, all those awards out there. All right. My t- my answer, my, I, I texted my answer in. I'm just taking a hip shot. So Illegal said 96 and Tectic said 11. And Tectic will take this one because it only received 27 nominations. And many that's, of those were Teen Choice Award back. nominations. That sucks. That sucks. This, this show was one of the best shows ever. I didn't watch it, but that was because I heard how good it was. I didn't need to. Tectic moved to seven and six. I moved to six and nine, thereby sliding to the bottom of the rankings. So we need to keep the dream alive of Nerd Bomber playing a scary video game. And I'm going to have to do some studying You're gonna have uh, to over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to have to... <laughs> God. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, next week, I will be back to hopefully regain some quiz supremacy. But in the meantime, you can head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there. Hit us up on Patreon. Uh, talk to us. Talk to Steven. Hit us up on Twitter. Handles previously mentioned in the episode. And uh, in general, just stay safe and keep on podcasting.